Yo, 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 welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Salinas Underground Podcast. I am Oz and I'm surrounded by people staring at me. I always feel like a zoo animal sometimes when you start this. This is cool. This, I think this is probably the most guests we've we've ever had on the show. More guests than microphones. We're going to have to pass it around, man. We're going to pass it around. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm joined by, well, you're going to have to name yourselves, all of you. I know I know a couple, but I don't know the rest. So who do we have on, who do we have on the microphone today? Starting over here to okay. the, to my right. There's no videos. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is Noelia here <laughs> from Vivienda para Todos and, and resident of Salinas, born and raised. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, this is Josh Verwolf um, here uh, as part of Vivienda para Todos. Um, we're a community group uh, looking to bring housing for all to the city of Salinas. And my name is John Silva, another long-term resident of Salinas, over 30 years now, really concerned about the housing crisis and the effect on it had, the effect that it's having on the families of Salinas getting displaced daily as we speak. And our organization called Viviendas Para Todos is to try to work with the people for solutions to this displacement problem. Yeah. yeah, my name's Samantha, also a long-term Salinas resident. Um, I was born here and um, I recently joined VPT just out of the sheer necessity of, you know, having to get involved and, and doing something about a lot of the um, about the crisis that we're facing. Right. This is a housing crisis that we're facing here um, as a nation and also very much here in our city. And I just saw the need to get involved. And I really, really loved what VPT stood for and the fact that it was a grassroots organization. Um, and so, yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to have you guys here. And as you could tell by those intros, it's going to be a, a housing talk <laughs> we're, that we're going to have today. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I mean, I've always enjoyed city planning personally. Plus, this is a this is dope. This is really the future of Salinas. We do this to tell people about, you know, what's what's going on and uh, how they can get involved. So I, I'm really, really interested in, in this talk. And, yeah, it's going to be about housing. People are like, <laughs> oh, man, what? Like. Housing, yeah, man, this fucking matters, dude. It's a it's a thing, and I love that you guys exist in this city. Um, when we've talked before, you guys came on the show. I was just like, yes, I love that. There's people asking these questions or or you know doing something like that. So I'm excited to have you on the show. I was not aware that it was in a group. It's 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 a it's a. I thought it was you were just kind of individual people that were coming together, but now now it's a group. When did the group actually get formed? Well, uh, I would say that we started knowing each other and interacting with each other in it's been two years now, I think September or so of 2017. Uh, Noelia, Josh, and I were part of a, a leadership academy. It was called the Resident okay. East Salinas Leadership Academy. We were very fortunate to be selected to participate in that. And we learned community organizing to be quick about it. We learned how to be community organizers. A lot of that effort was very helpful with some of the campaigns that happened in 2018. Uh, as we wound up our year-long uh, participation in this Leadership Academy, uh, we had to, one of our homework projects, I guess, was to come up with an ongoing project that would keep us relating to each other and doing good for the community, really using our community organizing skills. And at the time, again, we were finishing up sometime in 2018, housing was a, a really big issue, affordable housing and rent control, if you remember, Proposition 10 
was on the 2018 ballot. So our group decided that that was going to be our project going forward is affordable housing in particularly for the residents on the east east side, which we think is a special kind of displacement or in reality, a special kind of homelessness, a homelessness related to overcrowding and all the stresses that might put on a family that's trying to grow itself. Yeah. I mean, you have eight people in a one bedroom apartment or something that, that, that makes it really, really stressful. And dude, that that's, again, that's interesting. And it's a good thing to talk about because they just, the city's about to grow, right? The city's about to grow by a lot. Definitely. Um, yeah. The other side of Barandas is about to be developed. It's been years. They've been saying that the recession kind of slowed all that down. Um, and then that's, that's an interesting question is, okay, they're going to build thousands of houses, but who's going to go in there? You know? And I think Josh, you, we, you, you know, one of our conversations, you brought that up. Like who, who are these houses for? You know, is it people that kind of come down from the Silicon Valley that can afford it? Or or is it going to be people that, that, you know, born and raised in Salinas or that live here? This is it's it's a unique city in that we're a California coastal city, which everybody thinks like, holy shit, that's where it's all rich and you know, yeah, all this. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. now we're a California coastal city and we're poor. And mm-hmm. and it's because of the, the jobs, you know, really the the ag pushes everything, you know, and field workers are never going to get. an hour or something like some engineer in uh, Silicon Valley. So it's a, it's an interesting situation. It's a unique situation is how do, okay, you can't just get better paying jobs, you know, because you'll displace people like that anyway, but these people need to live here, you know? And, and again, in a comfortable place, you can't have 20 people in a house, you know? I mean, I guess you can, that's, that's what they do, but But it, how are you going to do your homework if you're a kid, you know? Right, like, definitely. Are you just, and right now, the homeless crisis we have is 40% of the children in schools in Salinas are homeless. Well, and then, yeah, when it comes to homelessness as well, it's, I think so many people focus on what you can see, the person mm-hmm. on the street. Correct. And it was like, yeah. like, dude, how many mm-hmm. times you ever got served a coffee from someone that's homeless? Exactly. And if they sleep on a couch, guess what? They're fucking homeless. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. And like so many, like, a bunch of people have jobs, are working, are working yeah, homeless. I think, you know? I think that's important to know. You know, the face of homelessness is not really representative of, you know, the the vast majority of the people that that the term homelessness is affecting. Right. So when mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about 40 percent of Salina City school students being homeless, um, the reason that that's so high is because they take um, the federal guidelines um, and the federal guideline states that overcrowding is considered homelessness, right? So like you said, where is a kid supposed to do their homework if there's, you know, four of them living in one room yeah. and every other room in the house is being rented out to another family and the living room is also and it's like, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's a it's a huge issue, right? It's and, and it's really important to understand the the fastest growing population of homelessness is single parent homes with children. That's the largest segment the fastest growing segment of homelessness in the nation. Right. So obviously that's something that's going to be, you know, affecting us here at, at a local level. And if we think about that and we, we see the statistic that number 40 percent of students are considered homeless by the federal guidelines, who's doing anything about that? Right. Well, 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 the thing is, Sam, it's, the federal guidelines the the yeah. federal guidelines don't recognize um people that are living in in overcrowded people that are living in their cars so when 
local jurisdictions um, like apply for federal federal money, what what they count is people that are literally living on the street as homeless and living in a shelter. So they go by that number. Yeah. So that's with where, regards to funding, right? Yeah, with yeah. regards to funding, and that's I guess the discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's there. a much lower number than the actual number. Yeah, and so when they say, "Oh, numbers are are, are down," they're going by those numbers of what they can, what people on the street and people in the shelter, but all the other people that are in the cars, living in their cars, and living on someone's couch, you know, they're not counted. Yeah. So I think an important thing to mention is this, these federal numbers, uh, and it's a result of a federal law. I think it's called the McKinney-Vento Act. Recently, the Coast Weekly did a nice article on it, nice three or four pages. The Monterey County Weekly. Yeah. I like to clown and say, you're the Coast Weekly. You never write about Salinas Valley. You're the Coast well, Weekly. I'm, I'm dating myself, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it was the Coast Weekly when I was growing up. Right. Y'all don't care about the Valley. And so what's so important about the federal guideline is – Federal law goes above and beyond often what local and state law does. Federal law has an element of protection of vulnerable people, right? Like children with special ed needs would be another example that the school districts have to uh, deal with. So here, just like we've been talking to, how does a third grader, how is that child able to study when there's nine other people in the household might not be related to two of the other families living there at all. They're just living there out of convenience. So as a result, the districts that are responsible use that those numbers. And yeah, the numbers are crazy in Salinas. Some of the schools are even over 40% federally designated homeless children. Okay. What, what we found in a lot of our work is that who regulates this? The local officials don't seem to be responsible. The bigger districts do a good job. Let me give an example of what I'm talking about. Salinas uh, City Elementary School District is doing a pretty good job. They probably have the largest number of homeless children, uh, probably probably 5,000, I'm going to guess. Okay. Similar district, I mean, uh, a challenge district, inner city. If you go right up the road to Santa Rita, for example, the number they're using for their homeless children is 1%. So it makes no sense at all. You think a governmental oversight body would say, how could it possibly be 40 to 50% in Salinas and 1% in Santa Rita? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the LSL Union School District numbers yet. Um, another, but we will get those. Another school district that reports is the Salinas Union High School District. And their number, their homeless percentage is 2%. So let's think about that for a minute. Salinas City Elementary School District, which feeds into SUHSD, has a 40 to 50% at their schools, homeless student rate. SUHSD, the high school district, has a 1% to 2%. My point being, there's a lot of young people out there traumatized in many ways. Another way is their pursuit to good to get a proper education. That's how people advance in this society, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And nobody's oversighting it. And that's and that's very sad and very wrong. And there's work to be done. And probably that's some of Vivienda's Paratolos works too, as as right. time marches on. We need to get we need to get to the point where not only the housing folks need to represent for themselves and advocate for themselves, but also all those people, all those families have children at home. Um, and the children are trying to make a better way for the family. So 
Although you might not say, you might say education, what does that have to do with housing? We know living in Salinas that for a society that's got to do better, education's key. And the environment in which a youngster tries to grow is, is so important. And many people on the east side are really struggling with that. Yeah, it's, it's dense out. I mean, it's as dense as parts of Manhattan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and like on, on the, the east car side. Parking situation, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because I, my first eleven years, I lived on Laurel between Tout and Sanborn. So, and mm-hmm. and it that whole row is just apartments, apartments, apartments. It's so mm-hmm. so dense, mm-hmm. and a lot of times you're out in the streets just because of that, you know, just because like ah, the house, it's a little tiny apartment, it's full of people. I'm just gonna walk around the neighborhood um dude and how how has the city like have they been receptive to your group have they have or have you reached out to them or anything i'm curious what the city officials it seems like they'd be like yes we realize as well that we need help and we're glad there's organizations like this that are coming together or are they like screw you guys we know what we're doing Hmm. It, it's, I mean, it's, you don't have to get personal with it or right? anything, no, but, like, but yeah, I'm always curious because I'm very critical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd think that that's you know would would be the the approach right from the city, but I think that um, uh, on the national level, a big conversation, you know, and a, kind of some talking points has been like getting a seat at the table. Right. And I think at this point, like we um, are starting to really understand the needs of the community and really understanding how some of these um the different policies and things, the inner workings of the city council and how all of this stuff works. And we're at a, a point here where um, we're looking to grow our base so that when we approach the city, um, we say, hey, we're a group of X amount of people. This is who we represent and this is how we feel. Um, and I think, um, you know, a big part of that is understanding the community, um, understanding what the problem is and then finding um you know, a healthy solution for that. Right. And, and because three of the senior leadership, you know, three of the the people in our senior leadership have gone through, um, you know, the leadership academy, one of the really important things for us is to be able to vet back information to the community. Right. Mm -hmm. And to go back to the community and say, Hey, what do you guys think? What are we missing? What, who are we not advocating for? What else needs to be brought to the table? Um, and in order for us to be able to do that and to really, you know, gain some steam and have the ear of some of the different, you know, players um, in the city, um, we, we really need to have the the base for that. Right. So we're reaching out in different ways and this podcast being one of them yeah. to kind of get that information out to the people to say, hey, we understand, you know, the some of the issues that we're facing here, like come and join the cause basically you, you know we need we we want people who are willing to show up and work towards that and you know we've been able to make some really amazing um uh, connections with some other different local organizations and doing some like street theater pieces and reaching out to the community in that way um but yeah but this is you know us coming on and you know thanks for having us this is yes. one of our goals for that is to really get out to the community to say hey we're here and we're we're looking to make a splash in the community and if this is something that you're interested in and in helping like you know, reach out to us because we're here and and we need people who are willing to do the work. Like we need people who are willing to be like, hey, like 
I don't got a microphone, but I think my Guitar Hero microphone might work. I'll just show up with that and let's see what we could do because we're a grassroots organization that was 100% volunteer based. We don't have any type of funding or anything like that. So those are the type of individuals, you know, we we need, you know, on our team. And we're we're looking for you. Who who can you send us? (laughs) So I think another point to mention, uh, and I was reflecting that as you were talking, Samantha, is the Leadership Academy gave us a very specific manner of leadership. That is always trying to keep the most affected by policy in mind and advocating for them. That's not the way this city works. I, I haven't lived in another city for a long time. I can't really speak about other cities, but they operate, the city operates in a very top down position. So they have city officials who are trying to satisfy the offer information to the city council and their notion of community is, okay, let's get this group at the table. And that's a different kind of solution. You're going to get a different kind of solution than you are if you're reaching to the people, to the most affected, Mm -hmm. to our family members, our uh, community, our Vivienda's Paratos colleagues, comrades really, who are really couch surfing, not knowing where they're going to live the next night. They're being, they're being kicked out of their apartment, not kicked out. That's too harsh a word, but they're being asked to leave their apartment because the rent's going up. And even though they've been maybe doing domestic work there for several weeks, now that need is over and I'm going to have to raise the rent. I mean, the solutions that are going to come from talking and working with people like that are different than you're going to get from agencies in town doing the work. Right, right. Because, for example, I mean, they're looking at, oh, the solution right now is like with the West Growth area. They're like, well, we just need homes. It doesn't matter that these are market rate homes where the threshold, you know, your income has to be over 100,000 to be able to get in. They're like they're homes. So supply and demand. Right. And not keeping our community's um, actual income in mind. Right. So where. Medium income is fifty four thousand. That's that people can't afford afford to get afford to build right. And and so th- this this was in their reports. Um, they read the the reports. Yet planning commission, you know, still decided like, yep, let's move this forward. And then city decided, yep, let's mo- let's move this forward. Um, there was a uh a public hearing last Tuesday and um, it's, so it's, it's at the last stages. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's for our, technicality, they weren't able to, to, to pass it that day. They're waiting for January 7th to go ahead and do that. And, um, and so it was brought up like um, that, Hey, this is the median income. So how is this going to, is this going to be for our community? And so their, their idea is, well, people are from the community are going to move out and, and take up these homes and then leave these other homes there. But yet the rents are so high. 60% of our city are renters. And so w- with the rents being so high, that affects our disposable income. So disposable income is the money that you would have left over after you, you know, your expenses for, for rent or or. Or your payment. So yeah. th- that means 
there's no no money for retirement, no money for investment, no money for savings. So education for, for savings for college or to even save up to even buy one of those homes. Yeah. So do the math. If if you're only making fifty four thousand or or less than that, it's going to take years to be Decades. able to come up. Yeah, I mean, if you were to give 100% of your yearly wages, it would take you again over a decade for a half a million dollar house, which is like a starter home around here. Right. So some of the information relevant to this, some of the information that the city council had before making the decision was that only, not even only, probably less than 9% of the Salinas residents would be able to afford a home as things are now so with the median house price of in the 400,000. Yeah. So, so basically what that means is that if um, we know, you know, based off of the census, what the, so many people within the Salinas city, you know, Salinas residents make X amount of money. Right. So what the average median home price right now at 400 and, and the mid higher 400,000 mm-hmm. or mid 400,000, only 9% of the current population of Salinas would be able to afford to buy a median priced home, which is 490,000. 400 mm-hmm. Correct. So the, the, our city council members knew that with this WASP area development, the starting prices of the homes are going to be in the 600,000 range. So who really are we building these homes for? Right. If, if, at 490,000, only 9% of the current residents of Salinas could afford a home at 600,000. Obviously that number is a lot smaller. So who are we building these homes out for? Yeah. Right. So when they talk about supply and demand, it's only a very small percentage that's going to be able to afford to buy into that um, development. And, and that's only going to vacate a very small percentage of, you know, because their their thought process is, oh, well, there are currently people who are renting right now that will buy into that development and then that rental unit will become available, right? Well, if only 9% of people can actually afford to go there and it's even a smaller number because the, you know, starting prices of those homes are going to be 600000 then how does that help to solve this problem? So, yeah. excellent point. And just to drive the home, the point home a little bit more about where the city is coming from, I don't know how many times we heard the term uh, market rate housing, and we just described to you what the market is really like. And then another simple, well, really simplistic way city officials had at looking at the problem was when the issue of displacement came up, uh, one of the city officials said, well, displacement is not going to result from this development because it's fields now and nobody's living in the field. So we can build these houses without displacing people. And that was just such an opportunistic and convenient for the city way to look at this problem. And it, it, it irritates me. It really does. I mean, yeah, it is an easy way to be like, hey, we're not going into a, a established neighborhood and demolishing it and gentrifying it. We're taking empty land, you know? So, like, yeah, so it's, it's an easy out to be like, mm-hmm. So this is, this is what the people are fighting against. This is the mentality. And it dawned on me earlier today that, that it really is an oppressor mentality that right. the people are still dealing with. Right. And, you know, Harkening back to the, uh, you know, the words of Dr. King, I don't know, 50 years ago now, you know, if you're oppressed, you can only be oppressed when you're bent over. You can only be oppressed when you don't stand up. And I think that's that's what we're trying to, I believe truly that that's the work we're trying to do with VPT 
is to offer a space where people can stand up. Yeah. The information needed to be able to right. stand. Yeah. Right. Well, and then what? I mean, I, I have a lot of opinions of this new development that's going on over there, but please share. I, um, I mean, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we got we don't have enough space on this <laughs> SD card. But like I mentioned, I, I am interested in city planning and how cities grow and what they are. And in 2005, when I was a senior in high school, I actually worked with the planning department of the city. On we had to do a senior project at Alvarez, so my senior project was on city planning because. Oh, nice. I'm a nerd. (laughs) And um, so this was, they were redoing the general plan at this point. It was already like a decade late. Mm -hmm. And they, this is when they planned out that whole development. And and what bothers me is they're using the exact same map. Mm -hmm. There's still the, the, you know, the single family housing is going here. The more dense housing is going here. Parks are over here. And it was like, this was in 2005 when you guys came up with this plan. And it's all based on the, new urbanism principles and that's already old too like that that shit went out the wayside Mm -hmm. and i'm like dude you guys are are building this the city in a style that's already outdated 15 years later yeah yeah (laughs) they're just like oh finally we have developers that want to do it so and we've already planned it out and it's like no the way the where the country is now or the way it's going and the way the city is growing and the housing needs is like, no, they, I think they should have reevaluated that and redid that map, but they're just like, Oh, we already have it. You know, it's already there. And that, that's what bothered me is that nobody really said, okay, we know this patch of land is going to get developed. Mm -hmm. How can we do it again to better serve the current community? Community. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And that's where they just, my, actually, some of these council members were still on the council 15 years ago. Yep. Um, but yeah, that 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 was one of my big gripes is that like, dude, that new urbanism stuff, go to go to a city planning college. You know, no one's doing that new urbanism stuff anymore. That fake, you know, retail and then apartments of that. That was all. And there, how it's going. You've, you've got the the anxious, uh, super anxious developers who've been sitting on their hands for years, waiting for the time to be right, right? Reading the tea leaves about the stock market and the interest rates. Oh, people are probably going to be able to afford beginning in 2020. Let's go for it. You know, yeah. that mentality going into the city officials' ears. And, Dude. I, and I think, too, that like at VPT, we really understand that like this development, the Wasp area development, is not going to solve any of the housing crisis um, that, that we have, but it could have. It could definitely or could have definitely set a precedent. Right. Right. And I think that that's really important is to, you know, um, to understand that this is probably going to be some of the only development happening in our area for a really long time. And we have to think you know, in the future, right? You're talking about, hey, we're using something from 2005 and we're like really outdated, so to speak, right? So, you know, in regards to getting involved and stuff like that, we really want to make a push for what the future is going to look like. Um, And I think that that's really, really important to us. No no one development is going to solve all of these problems, but definitely, you know, setting a precedent and having kind of a standard, like we're not going to accept anything less than this because- you know, it's yeah. it's not helpful otherwise, right? Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I, I can, yeah, that's setting that precedent. But I could see also politically how scary that is. I'll give them that benefit of the doubt because if they fail, you're not getting reelected, you know. And that sucks that they have to think that way. Like that, that is how we're we're deciding people's futures. It's like <laughs> I need to stay in power. 
But and, I think like if you think about it from, you know, at a national level, we're doing some really amazing stuff with regard to like representation. I mean, let's just take like like AOC, for example. Like that was really impactful, right? What she was able to do. And she's, you know, coming in and moving and shaking and doing something like I feel like in order to fix the problems that we have, we really need to be thinking outside of the box. And we really have to be bringing in new ideas and Mm -hmm. thinking about things in a different way. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, it does really suck that, you know, at the end of the day, more than likely the most important thing these people are worried about is, you know, reelection or whatever. But, you know, um, I think it's really important to bring forth these quote unquote radical ideas right like um and people think about it that way they look they they hear it and oh that's never gonna get done well if you take that stance and you have that mentality then guess what puppy it's never gonna get done you've already defeated yourself yeah exactly dude and then i'm i keep thinking i i I don't think there's any conspiracy or any really combination here but the, the in a couple of years, there's going to be a train connection from here to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Not a couple of years, and, uh, 2020. Yeah. Really? Nah, it's construction. They're going to take forever. I mean, yeah, they're, they're redoing the parking lot right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you, the, yeah. And and that's it's Caltrain. It's a commuter rail. You know, it, it's not to get people through the city. It's to get people to work. You know, so the people that ride that train are going to be people that are going to work. And they're going to work in San Jose. And they could afford a four hundred eighty thousand dollar house, right? Pretty easily, because over there the medium home is probably like eight or nine hundred thousand right. or something. So I'm there's something that again I don't think there's some conspiracy of the city of like ha ah, we're gonna have access to to wealthy employees, but it just sure so happens is. that they, <laughs> really you sure don't is. they don't think that all coincides. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I, I like <laughs> to give the benefit of the doubt to people and um. Yeah, the, <laughs> well. Join our team. That'll that'll stop real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Well, I mean, it's the journalist in me. You know, I got to be like, all right, I'm going to have to assume nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, if we're sitting at a bar, I'm like, yeah, that's totally connected. (laughs) They all fucking did it together. Um, But yeah, and to me, I mean, especially if you take into consideration that who's going to afford these homes? Like, who are they expecting to sell these homes to? Think about that. Developers are not going to develop unless they think that they're able to make money. So all of this is coinciding because they think that there's going to be a market that's going to come to Salinas and they're going to they want to capitalize on that market. So it's not too far fetched. And and in my opinion, that's exactly what they're trying to cater to, especially if you look at the build out of this and and the density levels of this as well. Um, It's definitely, um, you know, larger, larger homes and, you know, things of that nature. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you actually brought that up individual, <laughs> individually. And, you know, cause a lot of times, um, you know, when you look at the big picture of things, they're like, oh no, it can't be. But I mean, really, if that's where your mind goes, yeah, look into that. I mean, that. right across the that's- street from us, they're seven story building. They're turning into apartments, you know, like, hmm, it's been sitting there. It's a hundred year old building, you know, and all of a sudden now you decided to redo it. And those are going to be all market rate. Market rate. Yeah, and I, yeah, they were. I love how they're like, oh yeah, we want to make because it affordable to people that live here. And I was like, what does that mean? That's journalism. I was like, you gotta press so more, man. So it's interesting. Man. In the general plan, there is a they they, they switch out the the inclusionary ordinance where it, it's like how, how that there's a certain number amount of percentage of of, of homes built um, are going to be inclusionary. So that's like a lower price, yeah. right? So, but. Yet in the general plan, I think they, they went ahead and or in that inclusionary when they amended it, 
um, they it, that was the exception. So for downtown Salinas is exempted from inclusionary housing. So so those homes when they're <laughs> built, th- th- that's not going to apply yeah. to them. It's to just, our local ordinance of the minimum percentages of inclusionary housing. Yeah, that's yeah. that doesn't make any sense because it so, should be workers that are living so for in people there. People from San Jose, they can buy a house or a condo, whatever they're going to call these, and then you just walk over to the train. Yeah, job, I mean, that, come back and you got a nice little downtown to hang out when you're not at work. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, it totally. It's like hmm, it all falls yeah. together. Like oh, how convenient for yeah, you, exactly. How convenient, and oh, all this makes your development more expensive. And that's one of the things moving forward over the next year and years to follow is VPT wants to get people more civic minded, get them registered to vote, right. get, let them learn the process of how the city operates. So. You know, either we get people elected in that, you know, are going to think about the city first and not profit first. Right. And right. and, you know, and and get people thinking about si- being civic minded. Yeah. Because your landlord think, you know, your landlord civic minded, your employer civic minded. You know, they're paying attention. They're voting and they're making sure policy benefits them. And people need we need to rise up as a people together and create, you know, the benefits for the people. Right. Yeah, dude. And it's interesting when you get the people together, they come up with really logical ideas. Right. I, I was at a at a city council meeting and they, they were they were talking about um I don't know how the city ended up with, with some chunk of change and they said, Okay, we want to spend it on parks. So they went to Natividad Creek and, and somehow got all the kids together, all the that hang out at the skate park and they're like, Well, we got some money. What what would you guys want? And, you know, they were thinking they're going to want something all extravagant and all that. And the kids were like, can we get a water fountain? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no fun. Like, we have to walk to the it other side so of the park. Yeah. So much yeah. sense, yeah. right? So like, that, yeah. People were like, what? Like, a water fountain? So, yeah. So the city. A guy to clean the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? We'll do that. Yeah. They, you would think they'd be like, oh, we want a big ass ramp or something. You know, like we want Tony Hawk to teach us. And they're like, Dude, can we get water? You know? like, can we get a water fountain? You know? Yeah. Exactly. That, that just speaks to like, you know, the community, right? Yeah. Like and and they especially to the youth people a lot of the times just dismiss the youth oh they're crazy they're hormonal they're you know fill in the blank whatever negative thing you want to say about them but if you take the time to really listen to the youth come down to their level and really willing to meet them like at their platforms like they've got some really interesting things to say and like you're saying you know like they're not asking for some crazy thing let's get Tony Hawk out yeah. here and sign my sca- whatever they're like. Yeah, let's let's get a water fountain Something and some logical. restrooms on this side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's those types of things that we're talking about, right? When you engage with the community, as you know, as a city, when you engage with the community, you can really solve a problem. We're not asking for much. We're really not asking for much. Um, you know, and and it's very feasible. What we're asking for these things, these are things that could happen. You know, yeah. um, we just really need the city to hear our voice. You're like, I don't want to move to Solidad, man. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, those are our options, right? In South yeah. County. I'm not and, trying to go to Greenfield. I, yeah. No disrespect to Chole or Greenfield. It's happening in Solidad. <laughs> uh, shout out to Gonzalez. My sister lives out there. King City. Like, all but that area. Poor people. You know? They're forgotten a lot. Yeah, yeah they're forgotten right? A our lot. kids out there is hardworking. Yeah. We're not hating on y'all. We're just saying. We just, yeah. the same way y'all want to say where you're at, we want to stay in our city, too. Yeah. should have got the courthouse. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up to put it in Marina. Oh, yeah, Marina needs more shit. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the new buildings, the new developments, they definitely need to reflect our community's needs because something like that, if it, can, it, if it continues, they're completely ignoring the crisis, right? And they're just like, mm, blinders, tunnel vision, you know, I got to make my money. And, and it continues to perpetuate, right, what's, what's happening, the demise of our, of our community, right, not, not, not being able to, to, to advance. So, as, so then as a result, you know, the trauma that, that, that's inflicted on our, on our community because of it. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's and, a lot of intersectionality when, when you're fighting for affordable housing and the different things that you um, experience w- with lack of housing. You know, um, with regard to like mental health, with regard to, you know, the inability to to, um, you know, study and seek and uh, higher education. You know what I mean? We can go on and on forever about how, you know, it's it's a basic human need. Right. And without it, it affects everything else. You know, dude, our social Um, media manager lives out in River Road. And when I first went to her house. Fucking overlooking the valley. And I'm like, you grew up here? (laughs) Like every day you walked out and saw that. Like I could see why Steinbeck was freaking motivated to write and got inspiration. Like I grew up on the east side, you know? (laughs) That shit was like, I had people all over me, you know? Like you're looking at the valley. That's Selena's way out there. Like, holy shit. It was weird. And I just thought about, I just trying to put in my head, like, what would my life have been if, you know, if you had this? There's a walking exactly. trail right there, a pond and all that. Like we just had puddles, you know, on the east side. Yeah. And so if you live in like, a Costa Plaza and it rains at like Sencharca, like yeah. on the back area where yeah. the, uh, the, the soccer yeah, girls are. Tadpoles and shit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It was it's such a trip, you know, yeah. and it's weird, you know. And, and I'm like, she grew up in Salinas, quote, you know, quote unquote, went to Salinas High and all that. And I was just like, mm. we lived in a way. We live in the same city, different but we world. lived world. a way different. Yeah, different so different. experiences. It's such a right? trip. And yeah. then I wonder, like, how would I have been? You know, what you know, what would it be like? I, I guarantee you, you would not have used your Guitar Hero mic for the podcast, oh, hell no. bro. <laughs> no, heck no. That, that wouldn't be a no. story. No. You'd be so. on the city council working with the developers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can't be getting the money and be like, uh, so I would like too to, many apartments already. <laughs> I'd like to get back to Samantha's last point for a moment. So I work in the healing professions, right? And so he's uh, a doctor. Let's just throw that out okay. there. Yeah, very educated. So, fancy John. way of saying yes. a doctor. <laughs> so it, it, on I'm a good, sh- day, I'm a shaman yeah. of the modern on a sense. Good, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is a physician in the best kind of them. <laughs> on a good day, we're in the healing professions. Right. Most of the other days, that's not what's going on. But I had to, at some point, wrap my head around uh, housing and health. How, you know, how does that work? But you know, how are they interconnected? Besides the stories, all of a sudden the stories that I heard from patients came to mind. But when you think back, um, as you were speaking, uh, what I kept thinking of was the hierarchy of needs that people have. And at the bottom of that hierarchy of needs is shelter. Mm -hmm. And that's really what housing is. In in its essence, roof is nothing but shelter. And Mm -hmm. all of the other things that, that are up on that hierarchy of needs, right? Education being the best I can be, um, you know, these high aspirations, none of that's going to happen unless 
there's shelter right. unless there's housing. And so it makes you think about all the challenges that youngsters have growing up on the east side, the violence concerns, yeah. you know, how much would those be alleviated if if there was appropriate housing, if people mm-hmm. didn't have to live for families in a household. Right. And again, that's that's the population that VPT is really has been our focus, that east side homelessness that we started talking about at the beginning. And if people want to know more about your group or join or how can they find more information? So we meet, um, we've just established that we're going to be meeting the uh, second Tuesday of every month um, in the evenings. And then also the uh, last Sunday of the month as well. So if anyone is interested in coming to one of our meetings and just, you know, sitting down with us and kind of, you know, joining us and and hearing, you know, what we're working on, definitely we'll shoot some information that you could Link below, right? Is yeah, that the yeah, proper well, terminology? You know, I don't know if it'll be <laughs> um, below or on or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we can we can share it. We can definitely share some information. Yeah, so we'll do that. And then also maybe the email address um, so people can, you know, shoot an email and, you know, we can get out some some information with regards to, you know, addresses and dates and things like that of, you know, when we're meeting. And we just, uh, prior to coming here, had wrapped up a meeting about, you know, our visions for 2020 and some of the the goals that we're hoping to accomplish. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're hoping to put a community event together possibly um, and, and collaborate with some different organizations um, within Salinas to, to really work towards um, to two, two big things. Number one, the census um, and, and the importance of us, you know, um, participating in that and being counted. Um, and then number two is building our base and within doing that is really getting um, information and education mm-hmm. out to the people, right? So they know who it is that, you know, is their local representative, their local councilman or their local councilwoman, um, you know, when voting is happening, being registered to vote, um, you know, all all that good thing, all, all those good things, I should say, because, um, you know, knowledge is power, right? And once we give people the education, it's in their hands to figure out what they want to do with that. Um, and, and yeah, like, you know, going off of what you were saying, Dr. John, with, re- with regard to um, what Dr. King said, you know what I mean? Like you being bent over backwards, it very much reminds me of uh, Emiliano Zapata, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather die on my feet than to live a lifetime on my knees, right? So we're, 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 we're ready to yeah. stand up. And, and we've brought it up on the show before is that there is still powers that be, you know, and there's, there's people that, that have this, but we still live in a small enough area that if you put 75 people in those council chambers, they're going to have to listen. Exactly. You know, they're going to be like, yeah. they got these people together and, and again, you can get water fountains for your park or or whatever. You'd, it'd be, you'd be amazed if you can get a group of people kind of showing up to the council chambers and, and saying, hey, you're not listening to this. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, again, it's very important that, that you come together as groups and, and again, and teach people that like you could go. This is yeah. this. the govern- We are the government. You know, that is your place. It's not some sacred place that only certain officials can go to. That is a public place. We are the public go i think a lot of people that that that's lost upon a lot of people right they think that you know because a lot of this stuff does happen behind closed doors and you know handshakes and emails or whatever right but like there is a lot of things that you can participate you know at a local level you can come out to city council meetings and that's one of the things that 
a VPT, we want to be able to provide that information to people. What's, you know, when, when we're engaging the community, say, do you know who your, your official is? Well, <laughs> what side of town do you live on? Hey, this is them. This is their number. This is their email. Um, you know what I mean? And then, and, and, they work for Doing. you. Yeah, yeah, reach exactly. out to them. Reach they work out for to you. Them. Hey, these are the city council meetings that happen on such and such date at this time. And all of these are public forums. Get involved, yeah. you know, show up to a meeting, make a phone call, send a letter. You know what I mean? And and there are going to be people out there that are going to be able to have a lot of time to dedicate to this. Yeah. And then there are going to be the people out there that that um, are able to get involved with us and send the letter and make the phone call. And that's that's the only okay. amount, you know, that they're able to contribute. But, you know, ev- every little grain of sand counts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we yeah. need people to that want to have some involvement at all different levels. So don't think like, oh, I don't have any time. I can't do this. You know, you being informed um and and having knowledge and then passing that on to your right. people that's a help right there right to say hey you know i i can't meet on tuesdays because i work nights or whatever the situation might be but comadre hear this or know this or you know th- these are some of the things that are happening right so i think mm-hmm. it's also really really important to in any capacity that you're able to help you know yeah. Cada granito de arena, right? Yeah, you just got to have the the, the the desire and that's it. You come and together we'll grow and help our community grow. I mean, that's really, it's for our community with our community. You don't got to be an expert in it and anything because like you're an expert in the need, right? Yeah. You, you know what, your, what the solution is for you. And the more of us that come together and are, are able to 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 express that, like we we bring that, right? To the city council. Yeah, I mean, I go back to that park thing. You know, yeah, yeah, they went to the people, and the people told them exactly what they needed. Right. The yeah. city could have spent that million dollars on a new sidewalk or something, and people would have been like, "Nobody walks there." <laughs> 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 but they went to the, you know, they went to the people, and then they got something. So, so a much better use, a wiser use of mm-hmm. the resources in somewhere that went in an area that was actually going to yeah. be a benefit, right? Yeah. And, and a bigger benefit to the people who are actually using that, right? I think a lot of the times too, people are like, oh, why don't they do this? Or why don't they do that? It'd be, you could answer your own question yeah. if you understood the needs of the community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you if you really went to the source of the problem right. and they said, well, why, why didn't they do this thing? This would have worked. Well, we can't do that here because 19% of the population in Monterey County is undocumented. So that doesn't work for us. You know what I mean? Like there's reasons why. So it's like, Go and understand the problem. Like that that's the very first step. Yeah. So uh, I think it's important to mention our our methods too, uh, in terms of getting to the source of the problem and and hearing back from them. Yeah, certainly we've done surveying in the past. We've created questionnaires with the help of others in town and and got people got information from people directly. But I think the most powerful method that we've used in our work is with the help the big grand help of Bakhtun 12. Yeah, shout out oh, yeah. to we, yeah, yeah, they work with us amongst the various agencies that they work with about putting together street theater presentations. And their process that they're teaching us is, uh, you. we did this recently, December 6th out in front of City Hall, sorry, December 7th out in front mm-hmm. of City Hall before the City Council meeting where the WASP vote was taking place. So the process is to make a presentation about to the gathered people, we try our best to get people together to present to them to st- a statement of the problem. Affordable house, there's not a f- sufficient affordable housing as it is in Salinas. Not enough of you can get the housing that's available, and you know the city council's voting on it tonight. 
Then we, if we've done our work correctly, we've put together a theatrical performance. It may be three scenes. It may be a full performance of three scenes like we did in Cluster Park, Cluster Park in the summer of 2018. But we can even be quicker. We, it can be pop-up like. This yeah. last one we put together in about two weekends where we, we made one scene. We involved about seven or eight characters and we were wonderfully directed through this. Characters uh, reenacting an eviction, what eviction looks like and what people do when they're being evicted. Mm -hmm. And then we do our presentation. And then the part after that involves uh, uh, developing a call to action. When the plan, when the method is really working, we'll do one presentation describing the way things are, are now, the way it is. Then we'll put together, after we've had some feedback from the audience, we'll put together another presentation that's, this is how it should be. This is how it could be. And basically, we're soliciting solutions from the audience. Yeah. Community impulse, community-driven community solutions. When we have enough time, we'll do the feature again. We'll do the presentation again with the solutions this time. And oftentimes, we'll involve community members. Who, who was it? Samantha, you came up with that idea. We'll yeah. get your butt over here and you play this role this time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. And then, and then, uh, and go ahead. And then finally, after that work is done, will the community itself will have developed the next steps or the call to action. That's the most fun. No, it's fun meeting with these guys on a regular basis mm -hmm. and keeping current with, with act, with service really. But, the method is incredible. And the folks that are training us in this way, Bakhtun 12, what a community gem they are. Yeah. You've probably yeah. heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, I've been to several of their productions as well. And yeah, yeah though, uh, yeah, though, yeah, that's another group that I, I love that we do the show because when you see their production, when you see what they do, it, because they're from where the stories are from, they, they tell it in a really unique way and it's, it's really well done. And every time I go, I'm like, why is the whole city should be here? Like, these yeah. are people from our town. Like, this is like a talented stuff here, you know? It makes and you believe. Yeah. Being part of it and seeing it, it makes you believe, oh, this is what people can do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah be surprised. Again, I get it. There's powers that be and, and moneyed people and all that. But a group together mm -hmm. is still really a really powerful entity in this country. It's there's still some America in there, you know, and then if you get together, you really could make a big difference. And it's, again, Salinas isn't that big. Really, 50 people right. in the council chambers would fill that place up. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, yeah, but I love that, again, organizations like yours are coming together because, again, it's only a matter of time before, you know, that synergy just pops into something and be like, oh. The like culmination of us, you know, of yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, so. and we really want to throw that out to the community too. Like, if if you are doing something in the community and and you know, reach out to us. We really want to collaborate and find different organizations that we can work with. Like Dr. John was saying, we've been so so fortunate under the leadership of you know some people over at BK Twelve to you know to help us. Um, that's a huge. Um, tool that we have in our tool belt now, you know what I mean? To engage the community in that way and telling the story like that and doing these street pieces, you know, you're able to really um, 
portray something very easily to the audience and 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 it's very relatable right like you were saying these are people from around here and you know we were all part of that you know production ourselves and and shout out my girl eva and my friend eno for coming out and subbing in last minute with those parts Mm -hmm. too big shout out (laughs) to them um but but yeah you know that it's really powerful I'm starting to really understand how that street theater is like really, really powerful because people can connect to that very easily. Right. And understand what it is that we're trying to convey. So I think that's something that we really, really want to do some more of um, in in 2020. So if you're a little aspiring actor out there, hit us up. <laughs> we need you. We yeah. want you. We want the little uh, aspiring actor activist. <laughs> actor activist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, so Tuesdays and Sundays, you were saying? Yeah. Is yeah, when you're meeting? yeah. So our next meeting is going to be uh, January 9th, I believe. That's going to be the second Tuesday of the month. And we're meeting in the evenings at uh, 6 p.m. Location TBD. <laughs> um, it's trivia night, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday, that's trivia night. Um, at the pub, yeah. Yeah. Man. yeah Our yeah. team's only lost three so times. Is, uh, hey, we can meet there. <laughs> yeah. Or the second Tuesday. The second Tuesday. Is, I'm sorry, did I get that wrong? Am I am I shooting the wrong information? Was I in my 2019 calendar? <laughs> it looks like it's uh, the, the 14th. seventh. Yeah. Second Tuesday. Oh, yeah, that's right. The yeah, the seventh Tuesday. is the first one. Because the month starts on Wednesday. Yeah. The year starts on Wednesday. Okay. So oh, so I'm so sorry. Yeah. The 14th. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I think I was looking at the wrong date there, but sorry. Yeah. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know what calendar I was looking. I thought I put that in my calendar at our meeting. I definitely need to <laughs> look at this. So yeah, the 14th um, is going to be our next uh, meeting. It's going to be an evening meeting. January the 14th. They say okay. if you give wrong information, like repeated three times, January 14th, VPT meeting, January the 14th in the evening. VPT will be meeting on January the 14th. <laughs> and do you guys have like a Facebook page or something that they could reach? In process. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Under construction. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that. I like that. This is cool. I get to see the ground floor of this so in a couple well, of years. It's well, when be... is this going to be edited? We might have a, an IG page available and link that below too. So, so yeah, this just comes out depending. on Tuesday. Oh, on Tuesday. Yeah. And let me see. On the 31st. We'll, we'll, we'll see yeah. about that. Yeah, we'll see. So we got, we got one day. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll at least have a uh the place where we'll we'll be meeting yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll definitely have a place and I, no i again i i really enjoy it like i said i, I enjoy city planning anyway so this is cool. this not like housing nut or anything but it's it's interesting to me right it's but- interesting how cities grow and to know that there's groups here that are trying to steer the growth in a more logical sense that you know for people that live here Cause yeah, I mean, we're not going to Soledad. <laughs> I'm not going to Soledad. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> so we definitely want people to be involved um, for that because it, it does look like that's that's how it goes. The general plan, the general plan is is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, that that development's pretty much going to happen, right? The the like we just said, they're just rubber stamping it at this point. But we can, but that, the amendments can be made. Exactly, yeah. yeah and that's yeah. where and it sounded the like voice. there was a little bit of wiggle room, you know, in there and some negotiation. And, you know, there's, well, we'll see where that goes. But I think you're right. I think that's kind of happening. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we still can't 
you know, yeah, it's not a point to give up or anything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, um, still... In some way for that. Right. And there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with that. So. So, yeah, it's it's not a dead horse. Definitely not. And the work I just learned today from Josh that the work for the next phase, the central area specific plan is going to start in 2020. Mm-hmm. So there's a call to action right there. If we want the next phase to the WASP to be more community community friendly, now is the time. Now is the time to get involved in these kind of efforts. We want to we want to get the right city councilman in place, the right county supervisors in place. All of that will help when the people finally are able to stand up and start asking for these things. Yeah, yeah, and again, and I still it seems like like such a difficult task, but no, be you know, being an American citizen or not even, you know, you still have being a resident outlets. of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just being living here. Yeah. You there's people that you can reach out to and say, Hey, what what if we do this? Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. It, it yeah, you you yeah, we there's a lot of power there, again, especially in groups. Yeah. And and you know, that resources might be limited, but that doesn't mean that um that the work can't be impactful. Right. And there have been a lot of very um, humble beginnings to things. Right. And we'd like to think that, you know, we really, you know, we're we're, there's a humble beginning to this movement. But we'd like to think that in the future, this could be something really, really impactful um, and really a a betterment for our community. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because, I mean. Just to show, it sounds like you're describing our podcast like six years ago. You know, like, oh, research are limited, but we can have a really, <laughs> we can have an impactful reach. You know, like it's the story that matters. You know, yeah. nobody cared. Like you guys are using Guitar Hero mics. I'm over it. You know, they were just <laughs> like, wow, like there's stories about Salinas. People are talking about my town, and that's what people really got engaged. And now look, you know, now we have our own space. Now we're producing other shows, and um, so yeah, so exactly, I I, I really. I'm excited to have met you at this point and, I, and I'm cheering for you. Thank and, and you. I, Thank you. And I'm excited. I, I mean, there's already a good core here, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you're listening, I, I would I would highly suggest. And, and it's not even your group. You know, if you're sitting there and you're like, we need more water fountains and form a group, <laughs> you know, form a group. And you're the water fountain committee and, you, and you know, push the city and, and make the changes that will benefit you, the resident. You know, don't just... Deal with it. Don't be like, well, mm-hmm. rent's two hundred dollars more. I got to go out there and hustle two hundred dollars more. It's like, no, mm-hmm. let, stop letting yeah, them do this to us. Menace. You know, because they don't care. They're gonna. They live out in Corral de Tierra or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't, right. They're making decisions. They're for not us, gonna deal right? with that traffic. You know. <laughs> there was someone who commented. They were say um, at the last city council meeting that we were at, um, and someone made that comment of like, I wonder how many people on the city council spend more than fifty percent of their income on housing. Right. So it's like you understand it from a much different perspective if that's yeah. something that you're personally dealing with. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. if it affects you personally, then you're more inclined to kind of get involved or, you know, make decisions that are going to be more beneficial to you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I doubt if there's even one person sitting on that council that spends, you know, even just 50 percent of their their total income on on housing. Yeah. Yeah, and they're the ones making the rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's why it's important for us to show up. Yeah, and please do. Please show up <laughs> to all of these. Again, not just city council meetings, but again, organizations like yours, um, shows, you know, that, that yeah. Black Doon 12 or other groups like that put together. Um, it's a really interesting town. A lot of people are doing really cool stuff. 
And if you go out there, you'll, you'll see it and you can be a part of it. You know, I hate to always go back to the Gandhi quote, you know, be the change in the world that you want to see or whatever. It's a good one, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, yeah, it makes sense. You know, you yeah. can't just be like, why doesn't the world act this way? It was like, well, you don't. <laughs> you know, yeah. you start acting that way and then maybe someone else will follow you. And then next thing you know, we're all we're all, you know, doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all Support starts at local home. and get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, definitely. And I, I want to point out, too, that, you know, um, coming into VPT, the thing that I really, really loved, apart from from, you know, being 100 percent volunteer based and, and grassroots, we're not funded by anybody. We're not in bed with any organization like no one shoots money our way. Um, was right. it? Yeah, money's good sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It allows you to do money different our way. things. Yeah. A capitalist society and that we live in. Anyone out there that knows how to write grants, shoot us an email. We're, yeah, I'll make you some tamales. Like, we'll work something out. Um, but, but yeah, like, I love the fact that when I came, you know, into the group, we're all from different walks of life, different backgrounds. We live in different parts of Salinas. Um, you know what I mean? Some of us are older. Some of us are younger. Like, we're really very much wanting to represent Salinas, you know, and, and that looks like something very unique yeah. right because um we're, we're mm -hmm. a unique and diverse city right so it doesn't matter if you're listening to this and you're 17 or mm -hmm. you know or or you threw it on and your abuelita who's 70 is like hey i like what she said like you know co come through we're we want everyone to to have their voice that's right. really really important and and every one of us individually you know within you know, kind of the senior leadership or for lack of a better term, they all bring something different to the table. Right. And um, I, I recently said this at one of our meetings, like, I, I don't think this is a job for me because I'm more of a chainsaw and this requires more of like a scalpel, you know. <laughs> um, so but, you know, we need all different types of people um, and we we want to hear your voice. So so come out, come through different ages, different economic backgrounds. If you're on the south side and you're like, hey, I'm maybe I own a house, but it's going to be really difficult for my kid to own something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we, we want to hear from you too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody. Yo voy a comentar que si, uh, considerando el liderazgo, probablemente 80% del, del liderazgo de las clases fueron en español. Sí. sí. Y, y también bilingüe cuando necesario. So sí, Ahora tiene cuatro gente hablando inglés, pero cuando todo el grupo la es presente, estamos usando español. tres idiomas. Mm -hmm. Tres idiomas. Inglés, español y Spanglish. Sí. No, no, no tenemos las, los idiomas indígenas ya sí. todavía, pero quién sabe. Quién sabe, sí. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that, that's another thing in this area is that all of a sudden you, you have people that speak like tricky. Yeah, then, then you're, now wow. you're like you're like, hey, uh, it's Spanish or oh, not, not even Spanish, dude. Like, no. ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful though. If yeah, you do speak so tricky, cool. man, uh, that's the, don't don't ever lose that. I think that's beautiful. That's um, th those are the original languages, right? Like Nahua, right? And yeah. someone told me recently, like, oh, it's so beautiful that you speak your language. You know, you speak fluent Spanish. That's what she was in reference to. And I said, oh, I I heard a poem recently that said um. That's not my native tongue, actually. Spanish was given to me at the end of a hot sword. Right. Yeah. It's like, remember that, right? Like colonization. That's and and we forget that, you know, and if you forget your your roots, if you forget where you come from, 
it's really hard to solve problems that yeah and that's a whole nother can of worms that we yeah. can get into i trip out that um again mesoamerican philosophy is really not known <laughs> yeah everything that we do is still so much European of it was lost though or eastern yeah mm-hmm. philosophy and it's like hmm there was hundreds of millions of people <laughs> living here Maybe they no, some good ideas on how let to govern this say, part of the world. They weren't just living here. They were living and thriving yeah. here. If you look at, you know, some of the most amazing feats of architecture, you know, were happening in Mesoamerica, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, pyramids, like um, modern sewage systems, you know, you even Las Bosques at Chapultepec in Mexico City, like Central Park is modeled after that. And that was an indigenous man who did that. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. There's knowledge there and, you know, we don't have it. It's important to connect back with that and and really understand who you are and where you come from. Um, And that's going to help to heal. I can go about this forever. Yeah, we we govern ourselves still in a very Eurocentric way, which I'm not saying, oh, that's bad. Decolonize, whatever. Like I will. (laughs) It's obviously done well for the world. You know, we've we've done something. But I'm like, why ignore that history, that knowledge, you know, it's okay. We we can, you know, we can still read it's really, Nietzsche or something and figure out something, you know, uh, about ourselves. And maybe there's some knowledge there that we're ignoring. That's like, hey, uh, definitely, this is how they built cities with hundreds of thousands of people a thousand years ago. You know, like I'm, they know some stuff. If we take like one of the big big issues, you know, um, that we're talking about right now, like climate change, right, and and, you know, going green and stuff like that. A lot of the like fixes that they're getting to things, they're just doing stuff that indigenous people have been doing forever. Right. Like in I read something recently saying that like somewhere in, in England, they were um, they eliminated like the plastic wrapping for like fruits and vegetables and like things are wrapped in banana leaves. Like that's an ancient practice from, you know what I mean? That they indigenous people have been using forever and ever. So it's like they're going back to a lot of these same things to like save the earth, quote unquote, you know, they're going back to these same practices that indigenous people practiced for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, So, you know, you're saying, Hey, there might be something to that. Guess what? We're solving problems with that quote unquote, you know, indigenous knowledge, right? Like, and, and there's so many people fighting still to be able to, to practice their religions and to practice their ways of life. Right. Because they're, they're, uh, land is being infringed on and things of this nature. But if we really, really look at it, like a lot of the solutions to the things that capitalism created, like, and, you know, they're there. That's yeah. And it, right there. it still blows my mind that it's uh, it's even controversial to say like, oh, let's teach this in school. And people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and it's just like, well, we're learning about fucking Shakespeare, you know? Like, what does that have to do with me here in California, you know? And again, there's nothing, I'm not saying don't teach Shakespeare and mm-hmm. and teach, you know, Aztec philosophy, but wh- why not? Por qué no los dos? You know? <laughs> why not exactly. both? Why not? Like, how is that controversial? It's like, uh, I don't know. You know, they, they were, people were here for millions or millions of years. Okay. <laughs> I'm making up my own rules now. But no, people were here for thousands of years and, and they had really valid ideas. And now Mexican culture is just like street tacos. <laughs> and it's just like, which is great. But it's like, dude, that like you were saying, our culture really is we're descendants of scientists and philosophers Definitely. and great thinkers. Mm-hmm. And, and just to completely ignore all that. Yeah. I mean, 
Again, the, the people that are teaching us this ignore it. And we're all like, yeah, that's cool. Let's ignore that. You know, we go with it. And we should be like, no, we need to teach this stuff. Yeah. There's stuff. This knowledge will be forgotten. Yeah. It's like it reminds me of the what's the Eddie almost movie where he's teaching them calculus. And he was like, uh, stand and deliver. Yeah. Stand and deliver. Right. And he was like, yeah, the, the Aztecs invented like they were the first people like to give us uh, to ponder the value of zero. Right. And like they gave that us that. Was, they were like, no, mathematics is in your blood. It was Burros, like <laughs> the concept of zero was developed by different cultures yeah. simultaneously. But including, yeah, the Mayan. <laughs> and, um, um, when they had base they counted inside right they had base eight instead of ten they counted the insides yes. of their that's how, it's like that's so weird that's so oh. interesting um yeah that, that that's what blows my mind is like again we learn about roman aqueducts and all that and there are aqueducts ancient aqueducts right here i'm sure people would get blown away if like yeah the aztecs had aqueducts and they brought fresh water from miles and miles away. There, there's a book called 1491 that talks about South America and, and the Amazon um, forest. And there's theories that the Amazon forest is all agricultural. Oh, I've the, heard the about that. Those are yeah. all mapped out. Yeah. I mean, it's all overgrown now. Yeah. You can't tell. But through satellite imaging, they're, they're starting wow. to realize that they believe it's all, it was all, a ma- you know, mapped out agricultural. Yeah. Ones. And they use the water to flow to everybody to to grow in the. That's incredible. See, to like that that means that they had to understand things from like a bigger scale than we're willing to give them credit for, right? Like the aliens. Yeah, that bothers me. Like if Europeans couldn't do it, then it had to have been aliens. Like it couldn't have just been us, right? Like that kind of like no. I realize I am the descendants of like amazing people. I. More so than I can even understand. Like, I, I get that for yeah. sure. It's not lost upon me. <laughs> Hell yeah. What? Is there anything else that we've not covered? I think we got a lot of it. I mean, and you're. Well, I, maybe just to be official, we should read our mission statement. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Because there's a word that it includes in the mission statement that we haven't said yet today. Oh, that's oh, oh yeah. yeah. Word of the date. So, Viviendas para todos mission. We're a group of long-term Salinas residents committed to documenting the challenges of finding and keeping affordable, safe housing in Salinas. Our method is to work with our neighbors and trusted agencies to share our experiences to educate and push forward an agenda of community, community-driven strategies and policies to prevent our, to displant our, to prevent our displacement from this area specifically and to prevent gentrification in general. general. Yeah, yeah so that's that. That's really kind of because we yeah. want to stay here. We want to grow here, right? Yeah, there's a great city. It's a great yeah, area. We all add to this community. Yeah. Yeah. I we don't, we don't want to get pushed out. One of the things that makes it great is the diversity of Salinas. This is like one of the few places that you can come to where you, you know, can see a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. And um, a lot of the places that you go to, it's like one type of person fits into that neighborhood or that city or whatever, right? That's yeah. kind of where we're going towards. Um, so this is a really beautiful and unique thing that we have here on the Central Coast. Yeah, we're, again, it's it's an amazing area. And thank you guys for for coming on. We've been trying to get this worked out for a while now, and, and it finally worked out. 
Thank and, you. And uh, yeah, and again, now you know what it's like. You're more than welcome to come back whenever you guys have more. Oh, wow. I mean, Thank obviously, we, right now we can go for hours. You know, <laughs> already another so we hour. Gotta, yeah, we got one more hour for the 49er games. Oh, <laughs> all of a sudden, no, but we gotta go get some food. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, we, we have, we have to go. pizza and wings. Yeah, yeah. we have to pregame. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank job. you so much yeah. for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for coming on. And That's how we roll, people. Yeah. And you, you guys are more than welcome again thank to come you. back whenever. Please reach us. out. And however I can help share, I love what you guys are doing. And thank uh, you. the city needs this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. All right. Well, we'll catch you all next week.